Warning. This podcast may contain spoilers from whatever TV show or movie is mentioned. Please listen at your own discretion. Welcome to Viewers Anonymous. And I am S. Foster. And this is the Viewers Anonymous Podcast. What's going on with you, brother? Man, just getting my ass put that work, but but I'm here, man. Like I said, this was one of those episodes. It was it's like this is the thing, right? I feel really good mm-hmm. about my list, but then it's also that thing where it's like, you know what I'm saying? I got this. I got this angst, man. Like it's it's weird. Like like these. Oh well, for the people that don't know, like this is the the t- well we talked about it. We did it on the build up on on the trailer that we do yeah. in our top five movies of all time, and it it was difficult to do only because I had to leave a lot of shit out. But we'll get there when we get there. But well, how you been, man? How are things up in Ohio? Man, uh, cold. To start it off, uh, you know what I'm saying? Getting uh, snow and rain and wind and all that good cold winter weather we usually get around this time. But I mean, other than that, you know what I'm saying? I'm good, man. I'm uh, I'm about to prestige on Call of Duty. You know what I'm saying? I'm out here, you know what I'm saying, uh, with a over 100 kill death ratio. So I'm feeling good. <laughs> <laughs> feeling great, man. Oh, man. Oh man, I used to be on that Call of Duty, man. Like really the last one I like really, really played was um that Black Ops on yep. I think on Xbox three sixty, I believe. Yeah. And I ended up beating it. I ended up beating the game or whatever, whatnot, but uh it was it was cool, man. Um one thing I used to like, well my homeboy got me on it in college. Uh he used to play that battlefield. Oh, and I, I used to play this to a line. Yeah, I like that used to be wild, man. Because that's more like a like a freelance. Like it ain't mm-hmm. really like it ain't no objective like Black Ops was. Like I mean, yeah, you had missions that you had to do and all this type of shit. Like, cause see, Battlefield was more like a you know shoot for all, but it's like Black Ops. Like you got to be quiet on some shit. You got to sneak up on shit. You know what I'm saying? It's like it ain't I just see. Yeah, you you was playing the campaign. Yeah, I was playing a campaign. That's why you gotta play that shit online. You gotta go to the multiplayer, brother. That's the best part. That's that's why most people get it. You know what? Like, it's probably like eighty percent of the people that buy Call of Duty don't even play the campaign now. They let you. <laughs> they literally let you download that shit separately. Wow. Yeah, man. I've I've always been like I haven't really had a lot of time to play video games though. And like, mm-hmm. dude, I'm still still to this day. Y'all call me crazy. The only thing I really play now is on my damn PlayStation 3. Yes, I said PlayStation 3. My damn NCAA. The last the last NCAA ain't football to come out. It. Yeah, I say ain't nothing wrong with that. I'm that's, still, I mean, I'm still playing that. Yeah, dude, I'm in, I'm in. You can't never go wrong with that. Dude, that's, it's 2013. Dude, I'm in year, I think, 2032 in my dynasty. So. <laughs> <laughs> Like, okay, it's like, you know how people play Madden? Like, 
they be having the, the big, you know, shit like Madden tournaments and like niggas be betting money and shit over Madden. Yeah. That's how we was over NCAA. So like before, like before we all was into like Madden and shit, we would play college football all the time. So we would be putting like we would bet money on college football. We would never bet money on Madden. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I'm yeah, with see, you. I was, yeah, man. I, I, look, I am hoping that EA and this is the crazy part because you know I ain't trying to turn it into a sports podcast, but no, go ahead. With the whole thing with the NCAA not being able to really control this this thing that's supposed to really start in 2022, 2022 and 2024, where the yeah. players are actually able to get paid and stuff like that. But it's only like right. in certain states that ain't all over. And like Uncle Washington always say that it's getting to a point where like they don't really need the NCAA. I think that they're not going to break away from it. So it might not really do anything with nothing. But the okay, whole point, what I'm saying wait, is, wait, what, do you, what does he mean they don't need the NCAA? He's saying that, like, especially if they're able to, if these players are able to start getting paid, if it's mm-hmm. if it's legal in, in all sports, not all sports, but all states. So what the NCAA does is, like, one thing that they do is they put sanctions on you for stuff like that, like, you know, yeah, no, paying players on the table, I'm all that type like, of stuff. When he say like they don't need the NCAA, like they definitely need the NCAA. He feels that the schools are able to do and make the type of the money that they need to make without the NCAA. Because he's saying that like even when you look at the bowl games, the bowl games ain't got really nothing to do with the NCAA. It's not like like in basketball, it's the NCAA tournament. Uh-huh. Football is not. Football is just everybody got their own bowl game. And all this type of stuff. The only thing the well, NCAA no, that's does, all, it's, it's all up under the NCAA. The only difference is, is that they just sponsored by different people. So what it is is like each one is a bowl game. So like we all know, we know how to how to shit go. The major bowls is the Sugar Bowl, Orange Bowl, Fiesta Bowl, and the Cotton Bowl, right? And then one of those out of the year will end up being the uh the national championship yeah that's how it used to be when it was the um the bcs bcs yeah when it was bcs they would have the the major four and out of the major four one of them will rotate as the national championship so now instead of it being like that like they still do it that way where one of the four get um one of the four get rotate it but it'll be like two of them will be the semi games and then the one last one will be the you know saying the national championship so they, yeah. they all still consider like NCAA tournament games but they just instead of it being like how basketball is considered like the NCAA tournament you can't really call it the, the NCAA anything because it ain't really a tournament so you just say the NCAA national championship or you really it's not even that it's just we just call it the national championship we just yeah, take the NCAA the part, out of everything yeah like he just feels that they can survive without it but i agree with i, I think that each but, each, of the, each of the power fives can be a, um a subsidiary of, of that 
Yeah. And like I told him, like, it'll really hurt the smaller conferences if they mm-hmm. were to do that. Because the smaller conferences wouldn't be able to leave it. But what I was saying was, like, the EA and the NCAA should be able to come up with some kind of agreement where the players yeah. can get paid for their likeness. Or at least whether it's that's playing the players. Yeah. So it's like, with with that being done, they'll be able to bring the games back. Now, the only thing is they probably – I don't know. I think that they can make enough money if they want to do, like, those anniversary type of things where you have, like, Bear Sanders on that joint. You know what I'm saying? Like like the last, like the game that I play now, it's the 20-year anniversary one. Mm-hmm. So it got, like, all the Heisman dudes on it. And, like, you could put the Heisman dudes back on that team and – all types of mean, shit like you that. Can, like, I don't know if they, they can do that. Yeah, they can do that regardless. I think that they'll make the money anyway because, like, a lot of people have been asking for this game to come back. And then not only that, you got to think about it. Like, this is a whole new – this is a whole new lane for EA. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's right now EA got it locked on the football shit. Mm-hmm. They got it 100% like ain't nobody else make an NFL football game. So now if they turn around and they do that with college football, you know what I'm saying? That's a you know, it's another A plus. Then they can bring back the my player shit. They can bring back getting drafted into Madden. Like that's a, they'll get their shit back if they do it like that. <clears throat> oh yeah, yeah. So hopefully, hopefully they can work that out, man. But yo, I want I wanna go first because I want your number one to be last. Okay. Cool. That's because cool, this, this, this this is the reason why, because one thing that I realize that I do is I talk too fucking much. So <laughs> I pretty much have gave I pretty much gave this list away. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But now I'm just really putting this shit in order and in sequence and all this type of shit here. So man, I'm gonna jump into it and I'm not gonna go in deep detail with this one because we already done a podcast on it. Right. So Man, my number five, man, where I'm starting is, man, a 2010 film. You know what I'm saying? We done a appreciation episode on the dude who done this film. It's self-explanatory. Inception. Like I said before, like this this movie is one of my favorite movies. I love the way it was shot. I love, you know what I'm saying, all the people that was involved with the film. And then, side note, so did you hear about, uh, okay, Trying to think how I want to say this now. Did yeah. you hear about the news on Ellen slash Elliot Page? Uh-uh. So uh, I'm trying to think how I'm supposed to say it because I don't know if I'm supposed to go he now, but she slash he, uh, she, he put a statement out saying that they are considering themselves transgender um, and going to be going off the name of Elliot Page now instead of Ellen Page. So, um, yeah, put out a statement, um, you know what I'm saying, about it. And then I seen that the Umbrella Academy had posted a joint saying that they wasn't going to recast, they was going to keep them as Vanya on... um, on the Umbrella Academy, so I don't know. That's you know, it's a little, it's a little wild. It's a little wild, but you know, yeah. uh, I just say that because they was in that film. Um, they did a great job in that film. 
Oh man, you know, I'm sitting here looking at um the IMDB. Dude, it's already changed. The name say Elliot Page. I just noticed that. Oh. Damn. So anyway, man, um that's on uh, Inception, man, is my number five. I'm not gonna go deep into it because we did a podcast on it before. Um if the new if we got new listeners who haven't heard that episode, go back and check it out. It was a great episode. And we also did a appreciation episode on Christopher Nolan. So for my number five, man, I got Inception. <laughs> That's what's up, man. Um, for my number five, man, and I told you this is probably going to be a shocker to most people, but um, growing up, I thought this movie was hilarious. This was uh, probably one of the movies that I probably watched more than, I don't know, I ain't going to say more than any other movie, but I watch this movie a fucking lot, and it's uh, Tommy Boy, um, starring Chris Farley, Rob Lowe, David Spade, um, Brian Dennehy. Uh, it also had Bo Derek in it. Um, I'm trying to think who else was in it. Uh, Dan Aykroyd was in it. Uh, Julie Warner. Uh, and that's all I can think of right now. But um, Tommy Boy is about a uh, a young dude who his dad sold um, brake pads. His dad owned a brake pad stop in a little small town in Ohio, in Finley, Ohio. And um, you know what I'm saying? Like his dad ended up getting a heart attack because he was about to get married to um, some chick or whatever. And basically what ended up happening was he ended up finding out that his mom, I mean, his, his mother, well, the lady that was about to marry his dad and her quote unquote son was basically boyfriend and girlfriend and they were scamming his dad out the money. But Chris Farley plays the main character, but he's like the biggest screw up in the world. And David Spade plays his dad's assistant. And then they go on like this weird ass, wild ass adventure trying to get to this place called um, Zelensky's Auto Parts or whatever so they can sell the the, um, brake pads to keep everybody in business because his his mom, I mean, his dad's wife or whatever was about to sell the shop that they make the brake pads in. But it's it's just a great movie. It's funny as fuck, bro. Chris Farley... If you know anything about Chris Farley, he is super hilarious, physical comedy, um, just all around goofball, uh, rest in peace. And then, of course, David Spade, bro, classic funny. You know what I'm saying? They came up on SNL together. Like I said, just one of the movies that I just, as a kid, bro, my mom used to throw on, and then we used to just be on the couch rolling. So Tommy Boy is my number five. That's funny, man, that, that, that you know, you was able to sit there and enjoy a movie like Tummy Boy with your mom. Like, that's, that's oh, wild. Yeah. I remember... Well, see, she... I remember she, Tummy she Boy. She into that kind of shit, though. That's that's what was always crazy. Like, she would be into, like, little small, funny movies like that and horror movies, but, like, really into, like, movies. Like, my mom was always into movies. Like, we watched a lot of movies and shit together. That's what's up, man. That's what's up. I remember Tummy Boy, man. I was... I was a fan of Chris Farley, man, and but you know when you young, like that type of comedy that he did was fucking was hilarious. Hilarious, and exactly man. as a kid, as a kid, it's even more funnier because it just now, big now, now. Let me ask you this: I can't remember if it was Tommy Boy or that other joint. I think it was Tommy Boy. So is this the one when he put on? 
the little jacket and he said fat guy in little fat coat and started doing his little, little dance. Coat. Yeah. And he ripped Yeah, and he did the little he did the stretch and busted the Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah. I remember that joint, man. When, uh it, I forgot the one part, but they in the uh they was in the mail room and David Spade was he was doing something and he was talking to the chick that's in the mail room because um Chris Farley liked her. So he was in there with Chris Farley and a girl, you know, saying so they talking shit and then something happened, but he had a toupee. And his toupee shot up into the goddamn mail suit, bro. That shit was the funniest shit in the world, bro. It was just overall great movie, bro. That's what's up, man. Uh, man, I'm gonna jump into the number four. Like I say, I'm not gonna expand on this one either, man, because we done a podcast one on this one too. And number four on my list, man, is a 1995 film starring Lorenz Tate, Keith David, Chris Tucker, Freddie Rodriguez. Man, Dead Presidents, man. Uh, Dead Presidents had everything that I needed in a movie. Um, you know, as far as, you know, the revolutionary stuff, the Vietnam War, being based in the late 60s, early 70s, great soundtrack, like everything fit with that movie. Um, I think the Hughes Brothers, did a really, really great job on it. And then, like, the Hughes brothers had a relationship with Lorenz Tate because, you know, they ended up working with him on um, on Menace of Society. And uh, mm-hmm. Cliff Powell, Clifton Powell, he was in um, Menace of Society as well. So, you know, they had a little thing there. So, man, their presidents, man, like, it, it was just, it was just one of those movies I feel like, like I said, when we did that podcast, it's an underrated film. I feel like the impact of the movie is more impactful than I think it's 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 more impactful like in the hood and not even just the hood but like it's way more impactful in the black communities and maybe even just people that maybe like some of these people don't have to be black but like maybe they just went and they was in the Vietnam War and they can relate to somebody dealing with what they dealt with over there and then coming home and not really having a lot of opportunities and maybe they could relate to the film by even being a white guy. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's just like, yo, like I had to deal with this and, and hey, I thought about robbing the bank because I just felt that I couldn't never get ahead. So I just felt like, man, this was a great movie and that's why I got it number four, man, Dead Presidents. Mm. Okay, starting off strong, starting off strong, man. Um, my number four is uh, a 2000 movie, uh, Gladiator. You know what I'm saying? Starring Russell Crowe, Joaquin Phoenix. Um, it had uh, Demon Hunsu in it. It had uh, Richard Harris in it. Um, I'm trying to think. There's somebody else in here, too. Tommy Flanagan. Um, and I think that's it as far as the stars of the movie, but... Um, Gladiator was just one of those movies, man, like, my first time seeing it, <clears throat> I was, you know what I'm saying, I'm, I'm huge on history, so everybody that know me know I, I fuck with history, so it was a chance to see, it was, our, well, to me, it was kind of one of those epic movies, and, and it was my first time really seeing them put Rome in the movie and made it Rome, you know what I'm saying, like, it wasn't like, overdone or underdone i mean like it just it looked perfect the way it was like the the story of marcus aurelius the story of maximus um the story of his son lucius 
Like, like all of that shit was just, it was just a, it was a great movie, a great story. The, the battle between, you know what I'm saying, the, the son and the, uh, and the, the son and, you know what I'm saying, the general for the love of the father, for the love of his own father, even though, you know what I'm saying, like when they would battle, he would be out on the field or Marcus Aurelius would be out on the field and Lucius would just be sitting back, basically, you know what I'm saying, dictating everything. And, you know what I'm saying, like at the end, it was the worst, probably one of the worst things to see in a movie. It made you really hate Joaquin Phoenix. And I think this is why I didn't like the Joker with Joaquin Phoenix in it, because I, I I forgot I got like a real deep subconscious hate for Joaquin Phoenix because of this scene. And it's, he got Marcus, I mean, he got Maximus, um, cuffed up and they about to go up into the Coliseum and fight because Maximus was calling out the emperor because, you know, Lucius becomes the emperor at the time. And so he, he keeps calling him out. And as he's calling him out, he's, you know what I'm saying, trying to figure out who he was because he um, he got sold into uh, slavery or whatever. So when they figure out who he was, because I think for a minute they was calling him Spaniard. So when he find out that he Maximus, Cause they thought they, they, he thought they killed Maximus cause he sent like the guards to go kill him and his family, but they only killed his wife and his son. And so when he find out that it's Maximus, you know what I'm saying? They get the guards, they take him. He said, you want to fight me? We'll fight. So before he fight, he takes a knife and he stabs him in the side of his armor and stabs him in the ribs basically and punctures his lung. And basically they fight the whole time while he got a punctured lung, but he ends up killing him at the end. And he ends up dying, but it was just like to me that that I know I've seen like cheating, but that was like the worst, worst shit I've seen in my life. But I still love that movie, and it's just one of those movies like you know what I'm saying we talked about last episode. You know what I'm saying when when we talking about villains, like if they don't make you hate them, they not doing their job. And I hated Joaquin Phoenix in this movie, so that that just lets you know how great of a job he did as the antagonist in this movie. So Gladiator is my number four. Okay. That's what's up. That's what's up, man. Like, hey, he got one of the most famous lines in the world in that movie. Are, Are you not entertained? entertained? Man, what? Uh, that's, one of, that's one of the hardest lines ever. Jay-Z put it on his album. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, is that not why you are here? Come on, man. Yeah, like, man... That's the yeah. That's that's one of the hardest lines, man. One of the hardest lines in the movie. Now it's time to get in my shit. All okay. Right? Okay. Hey, <laughs> it's time to get in my shit now, man. I've been wanting to talk about this for a long time, man. This is obviously if it's number three on my list, man. <laughs> it's, I feel like this is one of the greatest movies ever made, and it's like one of those type of movies where, you know, when when I, when I think about it just it's it's not a movie that how, how would you say it? like it's a it's a movie that was really 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 slept on man uh it was an f gary gray film um you know he's a guy that we don't i feel like we don't speak on enough i mean i i i think that this is a guy that's deserving of an appreciation episode when you really think about it, he's one of those slept on. He's one of those slept on black directors that, you know, like when we think of black directors, you know, first person you think of a lot of the times is Spike Lee. You know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. then it's kind of like, you know, 
Hughes brothers had that little run, you know, and then, you know, uh, Ryan Coogler is the one that's taking over now, him and Ava DuVernay and stuff like that. And it's like, if Gary Gray kind of get stuck in the middle and we forget about him, but man, this was a 1998 film, um, starring Samuel L. Jackson, Kevin Spacey. And I'm talking about the negotiator, man. Like, the negotiator for me was just, oh, man. Like, so basically, Samuel Jackson is Danny Roman. And so it started out with him basically, you know, doing his negotiation shit. And you could tell, like, everybody on the team is tight. Everybody got this great relationship. Um, they ended up, you know, getting their first perpetrator or whatnot. And, uh, and you could tell Danny takes his job really serious, real serious. And then... They went and all celebrated at the bar, and um, and his uh, partner had actually meet um met him at um uh, at the bar. They went and got in the car and got to talking because his partner was working on some shit on the side. Yeah, and he was he was saying that he was working on something, but he never told Danny what it was. And so then, basically, his partner ended up calling him again. It was like, "Yo, can you meet me here or whatnot?" And then. When he got there, somebody had already killed them. And when he got there, it was the whole thing to set Danny up because while he went to go meet his partner and then found his partner with his head blown up, like they got to looking at some shit. And then they went to his house and started finding these files and all this type of stuff. And they're saying that somebody stole money um, from from the some kind of police fund, some kind of pension thing. So they was trying to pin the the murder of his partner on him because they got this, they planted evidence in his house saying that he's the one that's been taking money from this fund. So he goes to, you know, it, it didn't look good and he know it didn't look good. Even though he know he didn't do it, it was one of those situations. If you let it go in the court hands for number one, you're going to spend so, so much time in the jail. Then you a cop. So it ain't going to be that pleasant for you. So he takes, his shit into his own hands and he goes to internal affairs and he goes speak with Nebom because he know Nebom got to know something. And so he pretty much has this hostage situation where he got, you know what I'm saying, Nebom and he has a few other hostages that was just in the building and his whole team was the people that was that was really surrounded around and so he knew that it was anytime it's a hostage situation, you need a negotiator. So he couldn't trust nobody that worked at the precinct where he worked. So he decides to call up this dude, Chris Sabian, who works around the way, played by Kevin Spacey. And because he knew that Kevin Spacey was like he met him before. But then at the same time, he's like, you don't know me that way. And I don't know you. And they even said that on the phone. He was like, sometimes your yo your best chance can be with, you know what I'm saying, somebody that you don't know. So he's trying to prove his innocence the whole time. And Chris Sabian is the one that's doing the negotiating because he knew that it had to be some people to set him up and it had to be people that he knew. And then Nebom ended up getting killed, all this type of stuff. And then it was able to, they got really close to the truth. And when they got close to the truth, because 
the dudes that he worked with, it was I think it was four or five dudes, and it was the lieutenant guy. Um, and so they ended up trying to do a full breach on him. He was able to get out, and then Chris Sabian was able to take him to his house. Well, took him to Nebon's house because the one of the hostages was his uh, Nebon's assistant, and she said that he did a, did a lot of work at home, so he was able to go to his house, and him and Chris Sabian at, you know, did this whole little fake thing, and they got Frost, uh, the lieutenant guy, to admit that he called out, he was so damn dumb, he called out all the dudes that are involved in the damn shit, he called all their names out, and mm-hmm. then Chris Sabian act like he's doing the deal with them, but the whole time, because he had ended up shooting Danny, or Samuel Jackson, whatever, and was like, look, I got dirt on my hands, you got dirt in your hands, let's do this deal, he was like, you know, give me 10% of what you don't have, all this type of shit. But the whole time, Danny Roman is holding the walkie-talkie on. So the, all the cops outside heard the whole little shit. He didn't have to go to jail for killing his partner. Dude, that movie, I I, I just summed it up in a nutshell. But, dude, that is one of, like, my – obviously, if I got it at number three, man, this film was greatly done, great acting, and – that's my number three, man, the negotiator. Damn, man. You know what? I only seen bits and pieces of that movie, man, but I'm going back to watch that one. I got to go check that one. I remember the ending. I don't remember, like, I don't even remember the beginning. I think I, like, caught it when it was on, like, TBS or some shit like that. But I remember the ending, though. Oh, yeah, man, you got to watch the regular. You got to watch the regular version, man, like the regular version. Man, I don't know, man. Sometimes like, like, when it's on like TBS or TNT, man, it'd be fire. I don't know, man, because like a lot of times they be cutting a lot of stuff out, and yeah, then like yeah. you know, and then I'm kind of like, I'm sorry, man. Like I can't listen to clean CDs, uh, and it's yeah. kind of what like what it's like. It's kind of like, yeah. yeah, like um, I was looking at uh horrible bosses last night, or two oh, nights ago. Man. No, it was two nights ago, dude. It, it makes it funny. Because they don't, because you know what's said, and like mm-hmm. they was talking to, oh my god! So you know how Jamie Foxx is motherfucker Jones? Yeah, that's <laughs> like mother lover Jones. <laughs> horrible. It is horrible, 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 but it's funny at the same time. Cause yeah. it's like, come on, mother lover. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like, I what? mean, I can watch it. Speaking of horrible bosses, Charlie Day, bro, he don't get enough. He don't get enough shine as a comedic actor. Dude is fucking hilarious. He is amazing. He was amazing in Horrible Bosses, and he's amazing in Sunny, uh, Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Dude, like, yeah, he, he was funny, man. Like, I was, I was watching Horrible Bosses too, man. I just forgot how funny that shit was. Like, it was yeah. so funny when, uh, it was so funny when, uh, when my man, um. Oh, what's my man's name? And damn, uh, 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 Jason Bateman, when he had mm-hmm. went and he had smashed the old girl. Um, oh, yeah, in the closet. Yeah, and he came. And he came. He came out. No, no, not in the closet. When he had got her at, at her uh, at a at a job. Oh, when, after the uh, after the meeting, after the sex mm-hmm. edition meeting. Yo, boy, it was so funny. He came out to the car and he said a smile on his face. <laughs> and it was so funny. And that was like, man, uh, did you fall in love with her? 
That shit was hilarious. No, the funny shit is, the funny shit is, everybody fucked up with Charlie Day's character. Yeah, everybody did for him. <laughs> and she was the one that was going after him the whole time. Yeah, she wanted him, but she was fucking all his friends. That shit was wild, man. Um, yeah. Man, my number three, man, is, um, to me, is a classic. Uh, I spoke about this I don't know how many times my, my mom, my first time ever seeing it my mom took me to the library grabbed the VHS she said tonight we're going to have movie night she got some popcorn and we sat and watched this movie and I fell in love with it uh, it came out in 1978 it is the um, it is the adaptation of The Wiz is a remake I mean it's The Wizard of Oz I'm sorry it's the remake of The Wizard of Oz, but it's called The Wiz. Came out in 1978, all-star cast. Um, Diana Ross, Michael Jackson, Nipsey Russell, Ted Ross, Mabel King, uh, Teresa Merritt, Lena Horne, Richard Pryor. And, of course, most people know him as Buffalo Butt, but his real name is Johnny Brown. He was even in the movie. So Bookman from Good Times was even in the movie, you feel me? Um, man, what more can I say? It, it is... It is um, the Wizard of Oz served with a side of greens, cornbread, candy yams, um, you know what I'm saying, sweet potato pie, um, mashed potatoes and, and gravy, just all that good, good Southern soul, all that good soul that, you know what I'm saying, we put in the all kind of art, man. Um, my first time watching The Wizard of Oz, I fell asleep. The original Wizard of Oz, I fell asleep. It was horrible. It was boring. You know what I'm saying? When it first come on, it'd be in black and white and shit. And you'd be like, man, what the fuck is this? And then when she finally get to the damn place, you know what I'm saying? They got the goofy-ass lion and all that. The music all drab and dull and whatever. But the Wiz, the Wiz was a whole new goddamn ball game. You know what I'm saying? Like, it had up-to-beat music. It had cool-ass music. It had funk, had soul in it. Goddamn Michael Jackson was dancing and spinning and singing. And Nipsey Russell was spinning and singing. And, you know what I'm saying, Ted Ross, who was uh, famous on stage, and uh, on yeah, doing stage plays, um, he got put into this movie and he did his fucking thing as the lion. One of my favorite scenes is when they first go to go, well, when they first meet the lion, they go, like, to this library, right? And he's in this, like, uh, lion statue. But the eyes are like cut out or whatever. So as they walking past, he watching them walk past. So his eyes is moving. So you know what I'm saying. The scarecrow look up. He like, yo, did y'all see that? They like, see what? He like, I think that lion's eyes is moving. He was like, man, that lion's eyes ain't moving, man. He was like, you just scared. He was like, nah, I ain't scared. He said that lion's eyes is moving. So they continue walking and the eyes get to moving again. So he bust out the statue. So you know he got ah do all that little lion roar and shit. So, you know what I'm saying? He does his little song and dance or whatever. So he goes into this little diatribe or whatever about how, um, who he was or whatever. So his name was, um, his name was Theo. Oh man, I forgot how, I forgot what he said his name was, but it was like, uh, oh, it was Fleetwood Coop DeVille. His name was Fleetwood Coop DeVille. <laughs> so he was like, he was like, uh, I'm Fleetwood Coop DeVille. So they was like, Fleetwood? He was like, Daddy had a Cadillac. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, it's just, it's just one of them movies, bro. Like, everything about it, bro, like, you can relate to. 
you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just one of the movies that you'll fall in love with, all good kind of music and shit like that. And if you ever seen The Wiz and you don't get scared by this sound, then you are not human. And it go, if you don't get scared by that sound or if that sound don't give you goosebumps if you, and you've ever seen The Wiz, then we can't be cool. And that's my number three, The Wiz. Yo, have you ever seen The Wiz? Man, look. I've been working on it, man. I've been working on it. You've been trying to get oh, me to watch The Wiz for a while, just, man. Just remember, I'm, I'm going to get to it. When you hear that <laughs> shit, I'm telling you, bro. I'm, I'm telling you, you're going to know what I'm talking about. You're going to be like, what the fuck? Yeah, man. Yeah, The Wiz is my shit. I'm going to get to pass that down to my kids, man. I look, I am definitely going to get on The Wiz, man. I'm going I'm going to get on it, man. It just been crazy. Like I don't know. I don't know if I'm because man, you know, I'm in my season right now, man. Like I told yeah, you, I'm, yeah. I'm working six. I'm working six days now, man. So oh, I'm, no, I'm you're gonna be able to watch it now. Yeah, so you ain't gonna be able to watch it now. Yeah, man. So man, number two on the list, and this is how for the people that are listening, this is how you can tell how I can't keep my mouth shut because I always talk about how I'm always throwing out the ideas and stuff. And and I always tell you like, yo, you know what I'm saying? If it's something you want to do, like we can do it. And you like, hey man, you be coming up with a good idea so we end up doing the shit. But man, this is another one we already done. So <laughs> I ain't going to get it. I'm gonna, but you know what I'm saying? I'm going to get into my shit on number one. But number two, uh, 2007 film, um, Starring Jake Gyllenhaal, Mark Ruffalo, Robert Downey Jr. You know what I'm saying? It's the Zodiac 2007. Um, obviously, like I said, it's a timepiece, crime, suspense, all that type stuff that I like in movies, man. It got, got that mystery to it. It's just... And like I said before, like, I've, I've already said that my list was going to be like, like you had said, like, I mean, and this is basically a drama. You can add drama to that as well. But like, I like a lot of stuff like that's surrounded in this type stuff, like everything, everything other than inception really is like, it's so fucking crazy because it's everything is it's surrounded, not surrounded, but it got dealings with the police. I don't know mm-hmm. why. Like <laughs> It's just, everything is <laughs> one of them. It's crazy, but 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 like, man, this is this is uh, it's just one of those films, man. That was, you know, like I said, man, the Zodiac took me down so many different rabbit holes, man. I've seen so many different documentaries about it. It's just like it's it's so wild to think that this person are persons, because that was one of the theories that we talked about when we did this podcast. That I feel yeah. like. That there might have been, there might have been one Zodiac killer, but there was a bunch of copy. I don't know if it's a bunch of copycats, but I feel like there was more than one person doing these crimes and pinning it on the Zodiac because obviously the police couldn't find them. And like I said, it's still an open investigation to this day, and this stuff happened back in you know, I think I think the first one that they credited was in 1968 and it's 2020. So obviously it's probably never going to get solved. It's just going to be one of those situations. It's like damn JFK. Like was there other people involved other than Lee Harvey Oswald? You know what I'm saying? So man, my number two is uh, Zodiac Man 2007. 
Man. Um, all right, man. Uh, for my number two, man, um, it's a comedy drama, um, but it's about, you know what I'm saying, it's about 1930s crime. Um, it came out in 1989, written and directed by Eddie Murphy. Um, it's Harlem Nights, man. You know what I'm saying? Once again, another all-star cast, man. Eddie Murphy, um, Richard Pryor, Red Fox, Danny Aiello, um, Della Reese, um, Berlinda Tobert. Um, she was in um, what's the what's the uh, the Jeffersons? She was in the Jeffersons. Um, Stan Shaw, who was the stuttering uh, boxer. You know what I'm saying? Jasmine Guy. Um, Leela Rashawn, who played Sunshine, which she went on to play a couple other movies. Uh, Arsenio Hall was in this. Thomas Michael Ford was in this. Everybody knows him as Tommy, of course. Um, Charlie Murphy was in this. Um, Ronaldo Ray was in this. Robin Harris was in this. Um, Miguel Nunez was in this. Um, who else was in this? Um... Man, it's, it's so fucking crazy to see just some of the names that, you know what I'm saying, that was just in this movie. Um, oh, man. Um, if you ever seen... Uh, if you ever seen uh, Superbad, you know... Have you ever seen Superbad? Oh, yeah, of course. Okay, you know when they go get McLovin and um, they go to the bar to go stop the bomb? Yeah. <laughs> the dude that played the bomb, he was in Harlem Nights. Oh, snap. Okay, yeah. okay. Yeah, he was like a doorman or some shit like that, but he was in Harlem Nights. So it's like, man, when I tell you this is one of, one of the best movies ever, man. Um, it's about, you know what I'm saying, the dude who take in the young orphan. You know what I'm saying? The dude was basically um, running an illegal gambling house in the, in, the, in the 1930s. You know what I'm saying? He take in this young dude who used to run errands for him, basically raise him up into, you know what I'm saying, his protege. Um, he going at it with one of the mafia bosses and you know what I'm saying, like they doing all this other shit. They got all these people. Well, the mafia got all these other people working for them who they come in in contact with. There's so many quotable memories from this movie. Um, actually, one of them was used earlier this year when Tory Lanez allegedly shot Megan Thee Stallion in the foot. You know what I'm saying? When, when Eddie Murphy shot Della Reese and she was like, oh, you're going to shoot me in my pinky toe. And then, you know what I'm saying? They got to in the alleyway. Um, you know what I'm saying? From from Della Reese talking about her hoes coming down the stairs talking about I'm an honest hoe and all my hoes is honest. Um, when they brought out sunshine, she said throw it in the air, pussy turned into sunshine. You know what I'm saying? Um, when when the cop when when the cop you know what I'm saying called his wife, put your mom on the phone. Yeah, honey, it's me. I'm never coming home again. You know what I'm saying? Um, <laughs> trying to think uh, when when Arsenio Hall was chasing after Eddie Murphy because they killed Thomas Michael Ford in the movie. 
And he was like, I'm going to kill you quick. He was crying the whole time, like, I'm going to kill you quick. And then every time they get done shooting, dude pull out a little 38 and he shoot that motherfucker. And he'd be like, man, quit shooting that little shit. That shit ain't doing nothing. Like, just this whole movie, bro, it's just, it's, it's so good because it's you don't realize that it's not really a comedy until you, like, start watching it, watching it. Like, your first time watching it is going to be funny. But the more you watch it, you realize that it's really not even a comedy. It's more so a drama. It just happened to be played by comedians, which makes it funny. Like um, one of the one of the scenes, they was at um, they was at Red Fox and Della Reese house, and uh, she was like, uh, "Who who left a corner of the? Uh, why you leave a corner of the orange juice? I get my mouth all ready for some orange juice, and you just leave a, a swallow of it." And then Red Fox go, well, "Swallow it and shut the fuck up!" Like just. It's just everything I'm telling you, bro. It's just a funny ass movie. Like even at the beginning, like coming into it, dude at the table, he's shaking the dice, and he like, "Come on, seven, I've been waiting on you all night. Come on, seven, with your funky ass. My wife need clothes, baby need shoes, and then Richard Pryor like, and nigga, you need some teeth. Hurry up and shake the dice. Like just, it's just a great ass movie, bro. And I'm gonna go home. He said, "Go home, brush that tooth." Yeah, bro. I'm trying to tell you, bro. I got, I can quote. Shit all night long, the Harlem Nights with that shit, man. That's my number two, man. Harlem Nights. Well, if it means anything to you, man, if we were doing comedies, that's definitely in my top five. Oh, like yeah, for that's sure, for sure. that's one of the like I said on the last pod, man. Like, I don't know why I do this. I, I just got this this weird, unorthodox brain where it's like I don't put comedies and 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 it's like really it's really comedy and horror movies. Like yeah. I, for some odd reason, I feel like those genres are so good that they're like by themselves. Like if I'm gonna do a if I'm gonna do a list that involves those type of movies, I feel like those deserve to be there by themselves. But that would be in my mm-hmm. top five definitely. Yeah. So number one, time to get into my shit. Now oh. so this is a nineteen ninety nine film. Um you know, this, this got one of the all-time people. Um, and then also, uh, this is a film that's based on a book. Uh, well, really, Zodiac was, too. It was more based on a book and current events. Like like I said on that podcast, like it was through Robert Graysmith's vision um, and the book that he wrote on the Zodiac. But this was uh, written on a book and it has one of the greatest actors of all time. We done an appreciation episode on this person and that's why I spilled the beans so I'm pretty sure um, it's kind of self-explanatory, man. It had Angelina Jolie, Queen Latifah, you know, Ed O'Neill and I'm talking about The Bone Collector, man. The Bone Collector, man. Like I said, every movie I got to set one, man, dealing with the police. But what was so hard about it was Denzel watched it like, and that was what we was talking about when we did the appreciation episode by saying this this dude was in a, a not a wheelchair but in a bed the whole time. If you able to be in a bed throughout the whole film and make everything interesting like the way that he did, mm-hmm. crazy. So basically, he was um, he worked in as a. Uh, what you call them people like I don't know if they're necessarily forensics it's a uh, 
he would he would do like the crime scene. He would do the sweep to make sure there wasn't any evidence left behind and all that type stuff. And mm-hmm. so he was he was doing that, and um, some kind of metal thing, like he had to creep into like the small area, and then some metal thing fell down and crushed his spine, so he was stuck in his bed, and he would have these seizures and stuff. So um, basically, that's what ended up happening with him, but. So Amelia, played by Angelina Jolie, she was called. Uh, what well, a call came in saying that um, there was uh, a, a hand or something sticking out of the ground. So she yeah. goes. Um, she's just a regular foot cop. She sees the hand, and then she looks over on the train track, and she sees that there's some stuff in the train track. So she looked down. And it's basically like all this little stuff. So she ended up stopping the train. And that caught a lot of people's attention because if that train would have came through, it would have ruined the evidence. And so that caught Lincoln Rhymes' eye as in Denzel Washington. So they get to looking at all the stuff. And then so he brings her in. And so they do like this whole they bring in this whole investigation thing into his house. And so, but see, cause his brain is still able to do the things that he was doing. So they was using her and then come to find out the stuff that was on the train. It was a clue to the next body. And the whole game was, and it was, uh, it was this guy named Richard Thompson. And he was the guy that was doing all of this stuff. And what I loved about the bone clip the most was I used to love when he would get into his shit where he would get to talking about how, how, like, okay, for instance, right, they was talking about the sand that they found on the train tracks. And so they got the, uh, the, the, the microscopic thing to be able to zero in. Then it, it was like, you know, it kind of looked like crystals and all this type stuff. And he was like, you know, oyster shells maybe and it was like yeah maybe it could be oyster shells and then he'll get to talking about like you know back in the 20s that was you know they buried these bodies in this what they thought was sand and it ended up being oyster shells and all this type of stuff and like so he's like doing all of this stuff in his brain and it's showing like all these old pictures and these flashbacks and shit like that like that shit like had me like drawed in like I got this a fascination with like history and, and, and seeing like old pictures and stuff like that. So like a lot mm-hmm. of that stuff really like, you know, really like got me like hype. And so then they figured out like, so what this dude would do, he would give you a certain amount of time to do the, you know, to stop because you could stop the next killing. And what ended up happening was, so Amelia, she ended up going to the crime scenes, all this type of stuff. She would find the new evidence. And the whole thing was to stop the next person from dying. And then come to find out, because he was leaving these little, uh, these little tiny little pieces. And, they, and then once they got to the third piece, they was able to figure out there was this logo. And the logo was a, a logo to a book. And then it ended up, Amelia ended up going to a library and then found a book. And the book was called The Bone Collector. And so this dude was taking this book and doing it in real life and then come to find out the whole reason that he was doing this to Lincoln Rhyme, he was like, dude, I've been doing this for years and y'all just had no idea. He was like, I've been doing this to get your attention and the dude ended up being 
his damn doctor. Richard Thompson was his doctor. Mm -hmm. And he was the guy the whole time that was doing all of this stuff. And then what it ended up being, he had got him arrested for something that he felt that he didn't do. He ended up getting prison. He went to prison and got out. He was violated while he was in prison. So his whole objective was to basically outsmart Lincoln Rhyme and eventually kill him in the end. So Dude, it's a lot more stuff to go along with it, but like I, I feel like the Bone Collector obviously is one of the greatest films that was ever ever put together. Like the thing about the cast, like it's a lot of people that you would, especially like in the nineties. Like these people were in a lot of films in the nineties and stuff. So, and then like I said, you know Ed O'Harris, you know everybody loved not Ed O'Harris, um. Ed O'Neill, everybody loved him, but and even when you see him, man, you know he's 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 Ed Bundy does, man. It's yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> like I don't he's care what he Al play. Bundy, bro. Oh, Al even Bundy, he's always Al Bundy. In, uh, even when he in Modern Family, bro, he's just an old Al Bundy, bro. Yeah, man, it's like he, he that's just one of those things. Like he he's never gonna escape that, man. But yeah, man, I got I got the nineteen ninety nine film, man, The Bone Collector, man. I do, I love that movie, man. That's what's up, man. Um, well, you know what I'm saying? It's no secret of what my number one is, man. I don't say it, I don't know how many times on this show, man. Um, came out, you know what I'm saying, the year I was born, 1988. Um, it's coming to America, man. Um, another one that's written and directed by Eddie Murphy. Great movie. Um, you know what I'm saying? A great cast. Eddie Murphy, uh, Garcelle. Bouvier, I think that's how you pronounce your last name. Uh, James Earl Jones, Matt Sinclair, Arsenio Hall, John Amos, uh, Eric LaSalle, uh, Samuel L. Jackson, um, Louis Anderson. Uh, hold on, let me see who else is in here. Shari Headley. Um, Allison Dean um, and Ralph Bellamy, Ralph Bellamy, old ass, who played um, Randolph Duke along with his brother Mortimer. You know what I'm saying? Um, and that was actually a homage to an old Eddie Murphy movie, um, Trading Places with Dan Aykroyd. Um, so, you know what I'm saying? Like, but it was, it's just about, you know what I'm saying, a, a young African prince. Um, he wants to change. Um, the way that they, you know, so he kind of wants to change the tradition in his, in his family. He wants to change the way that they find a husband. I mean, not a husband, a wife for him. So what he does is he makes a deal with his dad to um, basically go over to America. And he has like, so he got like a, a certain amount of time to find a wife. So basically he comes to New York and he looks on the map. First place he sees is Queens. So they go to Queens because, of course, he's looking for a queen. So they're in Queens, New York. And when I tell you that as soon as they touch down, hilarity ensues. It's not It's not even, It's not even. I don't know, 10 minutes into the movie and it's already funny. Dude come up. Hey, man, you know what I'm saying? I got these watches, man. I got these gold blow drives. Check it out. He was like, hey, man. 
That's all stuff. <laughs> this motherfucker take off in hard bottoms in the snow, man, with stolen goods. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just, just a great, great movie overall. And what a lot of people don't know is um, there, there is this adult film star named Midori. She is also in the movie. She was one of those like, top stars in the adult film star nineties. She was in the tub. The royal penis is clean, right? She that was her. So um you know what I'm saying? We got everything from um sexual chocolate. We got everything, you know what I'm saying, one of the one of the greatest bands in um in Jackson Heights, you know what I'm saying? One of the greatest bands that ever played in Jackson Heights. Um, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? With the great Randy Watson. Uh, you know what I'm saying? We got one of the greatest barbershops from Queens. Um, you know what I'm saying? Like it's just, bro, listen. We got the we got the owner of Soul Glow, the creator of Soul Glow, you know what I'm saying? The, we got the owner of McDowell's, you know what I'm saying? Not McDonald's. It's not the Golden Arches, it's the Golden Arches. You know what I'm saying? They got the big Mac. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? McDowell's got the big Mac. So, you know what I'm saying? It's two totally different things. They ain't, you know what I'm saying? They definitely ain't copying. You know what I'm saying? Louis Anderson, you know what I'm saying? This week is the, you know what I'm saying? This week I'm up in uh, Flores, you know what I'm saying? Next week is the fries, you know what I'm saying? So, man, it's, I, I'm trying not to get into it because I'm telling you, bro, I'm going to be quoting this goddamn movie. This is another one, bro. I'm just going to be quoting all night. It's just one of them movies, bro. It's just fucking hilarious, bro, from the time where, you know what I'm saying, uh, uh, oh, who was singing uh, Queen to Be? That came out of nowhere. That shit was funny. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry, I forgot. Uh, Van- I think I said Vanessa Bell Calloway, but if I did, um, Vanessa Bell Calloway was also in this movie. Um, she was the, you know, what I'm saying he made her hop on one foot, bark like a dog, like all just all <laughs> kind of crazy shit, bro. Like, you know, what I'm saying um, they was on the when they was on the train and he was going to find Lisa, and then he was like. Uh, he was like, Lisa, don't leave. And then she left off the train and the old lady looked up like, I'll be your princess. <laughs> like, that shit was funny. <laughs> um, when that nigga John Amos answered the door and Lisa came home, he was like, baby, when I tell you the boy has got his own money, that shit was funny. <laughs> um, when him and James Earl Jones got into it at the house, he was like, my son, my son doesn't marry, uh, my son doesn't marry a common girl. He was like, hey, Jack, who you calling common or some shit like that? Like, man, that shit was good, motherfucking. Um, when uh, Samuel L. Jackson bust in, he was about to rob McDowell's, man. That shit was good. Um, when Arsenio Hall lied to the little sister and said that he was the prince, that shit was funny. When they went to the basketball game and, uh, <laughs> and they were standing in line in the bathroom and the dude from... Uh, Zamunda seen him in the line and he was like, oh, yes. Oh my goodness. Please take a picture. Please take a picture. He took a picture with him and shit. He was like, damn, man. Eric LaSalle was like, damn, man, you, you running to people like that all the time. I want to take a picture. And he was like, what y'all doing in the bathroom? That shit was funny as fuck. Um, this nigga, oh, when he went, he went out with Eric LaSalle and Lisa and the little sister and the little sister was jacking him off under the coat. That nigga was about to bust a nut, and they got halftime. He stood up and said, "Yes, yes." It's <laughs> halftime. <laughs> that shit was funny, bro. And then he did the slam dunk, and then he was like, "Yeah, man, in the face." Eddie Murphy got up, was like, "Yes, in the face." 
bro. That movie is funny, bro. That nigga got a little small date with Lisa. He walking down the street. He's singing to be loved. And then he like, I, he said, you know, he get loud and shit. Dude was like, hey, man, shut the fuck up. And he kept singing. He was like, fuck you. He said, yes, yes, fuck you too. Like, bro, all that shit was just funny in the motherfucker, bro. That was just a, a great movie, man. Non-stop laughs from start to finish. You know what I'm saying? That motherfucker was, Randy Watson was singing at the goddamn church benefit. And he was like, man, that boy good. He's good and terrible. Like, bro, that's the funniest fucking part of the movie to me, bro. Just the way he threw shade at that nigga that quick. Like, he was like, man, that boy good. He's good and terrible. Motherfucker, they passing the collection plate around. He throw the bones in it. He's like, man, it's the, it's the collection plate. Not trying. He was like, oh, shit, nigga, I didn't know. You got to tell me something. Like, all that shit was funny, bro. Motherfucker, uh, when they go into the, uh, they looking for, they looking for uh, Prince Akeem at the barbershop. They come into the barbershop throwing rose petals around and shit. And the, and the, the white dude grab his jacket, I mean, grab his coat. It was like, what is that, velvet? Like, that shit. <laughs> <laughs> then they walk out. They walk out. Dude was like, who the hell gonna clean all these rose petals up? Like, bro, that shit is just too goddamn funny, bro. Then at, at the end, everybody know the, the best joke in the world, but you know what I'm saying? A guy, the waiter brings the guy soup. The guy says, hey, waiter, something's wrong with the soup. Tell me what's wrong with the soup. So the waiter says, what's wrong with the soup? He said, you look at it, tell me. What's wrong with the soup? So the waiter says, I don't know. I don't get it. What's wrong with the soup? He says, look at the soup. Tell me what's wrong with the soup. So the waiter says, I don't know. Is the soup too cold? He said, you tell me. Look at the soup. He said, soup too hot? I don't know. Look at the soup. He said, well, what's wrong with it? He said, taste the soup. He said, well, I had to get you a spoon. Aha. I'm telling you, bro, I can do that shit all day, man. But coming to America, man, that's my number one movie, bro. You know what I'm saying? Greatest movie of all time to me, bro. That shit, it it will never get old. I don't care when it comes on. I watch it. I don't care what channel it comes on. I don't care if it comes on BT, VH1, whatever, uh, TNT, whatever. I'm watching it. That's my shit. Well, definitely. If this means it, that. Well, you know, it wasn't the list because I was gonna say I rem- I remember doing a podcast um, with my cousin Brandon. Man, shout out to him, and we did a podcast on comedy movies, and mm-hmm. um, and definitely, man, like coming to America would, would probably oh, yeah. be it would probably be my number one comedy film because yeah. that movie is just it's just so it's just so fun, and and like the thing is, this is what's important about it the most that you did not mention. It aged so well. Very well. Like, still to this day. Like, well. there's so much shit. There's so much. Like, a kid could watch it and never seen it. Like, yep. our kids could watch it and still find all this shit funny. Yep. And they don't yep. realize how funny it was in 88, you know, 88, uh, early 92 90s. and 94, yeah. 95. Like, it, like it, was, it was really funny because we could relate to it a little more, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Because we remember, my mom had a Jerry Curl. My dad had a Jerry Curl. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, my aunt just got rid of a Jerry Curl like two years ago. <laughs> like, like yeah. dude, so it's like a lot of that shit is more relatable to us because we've seen it. Mm-hmm. But, like, it's, it's still some stuff in that movie that kids will find funny. So it would definitely be, we did comedies, it would definitely be in my top five. And that's the crazy thing about Oh well, well, damn! It ain't no fire flames or nothing to do because that's yeah, basically that's the whole thing. Just top five minutes. But it's so funny. 
that your last one and well your last two end up being comedy movies because mm-hmm. we're doing something different, people. Like this next one, we're doing our first double feature. Oh yeah. So we're gonna have to figure out exactly how we're gonna do if we're gonna do one and then do the other one, or we just gonna mismatch them. But that's shit we could do off air. But yo, we're doing a double feature. And like these two movies that we're doing, they're comedy movies, so mm-hmm. get, get ready to you know get your stomach prepared because it is gonna be some motherfucking laughs to go it, around. It with. might just be a whole podcast full of laughs. I'm not gonna lie to you. <laughs> <laughs> just, all you might hear is just us laughing the whole time. Yo, these two movies, man, and the great thing about it, I, I will say this. It has the same main character in it. Uh-huh. And this dude is hilarious, but like yeah. and and the the great thing about like the funny thing about the the like Oh man, like just hey, we we, we got a treat for y'all this next one, man. Like we yeah, trying this to is gonna be a good one. Like what we trying to do, man. We trying to, you know, with this podcast, we don't want to stick it all in the same thing. So we want to be able to give the people, you know, what I'm saying, we want to give you the serious movies and the dramas. We want to give you the documentaries. We want to give you the comedies and the the thrillers mm-hmm. and the horrors and all this type stuff. So this is gonna be. The comedy episode, but we giving you a double feature. Yo, yeah. this is gonna be wild, man. Yeah, it's gonna be good, man. It's gonna be real good. I can't wait for it, man. And and then that just gives me another reason to watch. Like one of them, like I, I don't really watch it as much. I think you know yeah. which one I'm talking about. I know exactly and that just gives me an opportunity to watch it. Yeah. <laughs> because that shit is crazy. Yo, the is the one scene in that movie, bro, that every time that scene hit, I died laughing. Like just the just the audacity for them to put this scene in the movie. Like that shit makes you know, me cry think- laughing. Yeah, I, I you know think exactly. I know what she's talking about. about. I you know think exactly that shit makes me cry laughing all the time, bro. Okay, okay. Like, this one, this, this one, this won't give it away. Does it got anything to do with shit? Yes. <laughs> That's why I said you know exactly what I'm talking about, bro. When I say that, because that, because when, because if you if you initially think about it, right. That's everybody's fear when they do that. Like that was oh, my fear. Man. Like, and, like when I was young, like that was always my fear. Like when you know what I'm saying, when that question would came up, I was like, nah, like, <laughs> uh, uh-uh. uh, you know what I'm saying. But just to see that on on the on the screen, I was like, oh wow, okay, that's what they doing on here. So yeah, yeah, that's good. Yeah, that so shit is, that shit is nuts. Oh, that's gonna be so funny! I'm ready to do this shit, but I gotta watch it again though because yeah, I don't I watch too. that. I don't watch that one as much. You know what I'm saying? Like the other mm-hmm. one, the other one's my shit now. Like, but I like both of them now. I think the other one is a little bit now more the, funny. Now the other one, I'm gonna tell I'm gonna tell everybody this: the other one ended up getting the spinoff movie. Yes, it did. And they both were great. Yeah, I, I like the I like the, the spinoff. Um, the on the only thing, I, I mean, I get it because some of the characters didn't come back. But then at the yeah. same time, when you grown, you're not always around those people like that. 
You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So I could see how those people, but they wanted to zero in on those people this time because they was in that one, mm-hmm. but they wasn't the main people. You know what I'm saying? I'm gonna tell you so, what though. The the one movie that we the other movie we talked about that shit made me laugh in the one part where uh, they was doing the, the fantasy draft. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> hey, bro, you talking about comedy? She listen. She stone cold thought she had that motherfucker busted. Do you hear me? Yo, and that really might have gave it away. Whole... No, nah, it did not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, bro. I, I got. I'm gonna stop. I'm sorry. I'm gonna stop. But that's hey, it. You talking about? Funny? That's, the, that's the funniest part if you, ever. If you ever, if you ever been there in your life, like if you ever had one of them moments in your life and seen that, like that was one of them joints. Was like that's what she get. That's what her ass get. Like man, that shit was comedy, bro. Wow. Man, so yeah, y'all, y'all stay tuned, man. Yes, y'all stay tuned, man. We we got a good one coming for you. Um, like he said, man, it's a double feature. So, you know what I'm saying? You get in the, you get the two for one price of admission is, is, you know what I'm saying? Always free when you're listening to the Viewers Anonymous podcast. Um, man, you know what I'm saying? I think that we did pretty good with this list, man. Um, oh yeah, we recap, recap. We had some interesting picks, man. Uh, I, I go ahead and go uh, for my number five. I had Tommy Boy. My number four was Gladiator. Number three, I had The Wiz. Number two, I had Harlem Knights. And number one, I had Coming to America. Okay, okay. And I had at number five, I had Inception. At number four, I had Dead Presidents. At number three, I had The Negotiator. At two, I had Zodiac. And one, I had The Bone Collector. I'm sorry that three of my movies were movies we already done. So, hey, man, but that just is a testament to how great those movies are, though. Yeah, man. So, you know, and then I took the different approach, man. But the crazy thing about it, like, like, for ah, man, that, that's a whole nother thing. But, like, I love comedy movies and stuff, but it's just like I say, I, I love that genre so much, man. I like to separate that and horror because, I mean, like you said, like, fucking coming to America, Harlem Nights, the, those are man, like, listen, like, I don't, because, like, for me, I don't even consider Harlem Nights, like I said, I don't consider Harlem Nights a comedy. I consider Harlem Knights a drama. Like, if you, but once again, if you go back and watch that shit, like, there's funny parts in the movie, but if you pay attention to the story, like, it's really not a funny movie. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's really a, a drama, you know what I'm saying? Like, an intense crime drama movie. Like, you know what I'm saying? You got to think about it how, you know what I'm saying? They got the mob after them. They got the police after them. You know what I'm saying? Um, the detective always coming to sugar and, you know what I'm saying, bugging him about, you know what I'm saying, the shit that's going on. So, you know what I'm saying? And then the detective is also working for the fat man. So it's like, yeah, man, it's just, it's just, for me, it's just, I never looked at it as, like, even my first time seeing it, like I said, I laughed at it, but I never seen it as a comedy. Like, to me, it was never set up as a comedy. It it always seemed like it was set up to be like a, a dramatic, you know what I'm saying, crime or you know so like a dramatic crime story but yeah man you know dude we got some good movies hey hey but, hey but this is the thing this is the thing though this is the thing though like mm-hmm. listen to your childhood and listen to my childhood like <laughs> i'm into <laughs> goddamn bone collector negotiator and dead presidents and yeah. juice and shit and 
all the fucking Jasons and Halloween movies and Candyman yeah. and shit. Like, now so listen, I was like, I'm a I got, twisted, bro. I, got, I was, I was on all that too. I just so happened to like, I just so happened to veer more towards comedy because, like, I'm one of them people who just I love to laugh. Like, I don't give a fuck about nothing else. I love to laugh, and we can laugh. Like, if we can sit back, kick it, and laugh all night, we always gonna be cool. So for me, like, you know what I'm saying? Like when my cousins was watching, um, you know what I'm saying? Like when my cousins was watching, like, you know, Michael Jackson, Moonwalker, Moonraker, whatever the fuck that shit was called. Like I was going to, you know what I'm saying? The, the, um, the turntable and putting on, you know what I'm saying? Like I'm trying to listen to a comedy album. Like I used to sneak and listen to Richard Pryor albums. Like my, my grandma used to have Richard Pryor albums and then like my aunts had a Red Fox party album. That that's the from my that's my first time ever hearing Red Fox. That he ended up becoming like my favorite comedian of all time. So, you know what I'm saying? Like those I'm actually getting like hip to them dudes without even knowing it. And around that time, you know what I'm saying, like you don't get to see a lot of stand up. So like as I'm growing up, you know what I'm saying? We got to remember, like, we had Deaf Comedy Jam. We had Comic View and all that. So as I'm growing up and I'm finally getting to see stand-up, I'm laughing at this shit. Like, I'm literally laughing at this shit. Like, as a, as a child, understanding what they're saying and rolling. Like, I'm on the floor, like, in tears. You know what I'm saying? And so, to me, comedy has always been that thing for me that I've always sort of, you know what I'm saying, like, like felt magnetized towards, like, even even when I talk about TV shows, like to me, one of the funniest TV shows ever is Sanford and Son. You know what I'm saying? Like that's one of the best TV shows ever to me because you know what I'm saying Red Fox. Um, you know what I'm saying? Him being in it and him doing what he did to kind of, you know what I'm saying, like bring the comedy to that, like showing the all the differences and shit. Like Bernie Mac so what to me a great comedy. Like my wife and kids is to me one of the funniest uh, TV shows out. So I mean, like you know, like Jamie Foxx show and shit like that. Like I've always just been more into comedy than I have been anything else. Like so, you know what I'm saying? Like I I still got a chance to watch like the Jasons and the Candymans. Um, I remember seeing Art of War when it first came out with Wesley Snipes and I, and remember I told you I was watching like black exploitation films at like eight nine and shit too. So like I was seeing shit that I wasn't even supposed to be seeing for real. I seen Coffee <laughs> at nine with Pam Greer. Yeah, you didn't need to be saying that. <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> oh, I'm glad I did. But I'm just saying, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, so I saw Coffee at like nine, you know what I'm saying, with Pam Greer. So like, you know what I'm saying? I had I, I just was I just was showing like a lot of shit at an early age, but comedy was just that one for me that was always, you know what I'm saying, consistent. That's what's up, man. That's what's up. But yeah, man, this this next one, man. You know what I'm saying? Y'all get ready for some laughs because yep. th- this shit is gonna be this is gonna be fun, man. It's gonna it's it's gonna be fun just going back and just rewatching them. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Just really giving me that reason to rewatch them again. So mm-hmm. that's that's even gonna be fun, man. So that's what's up, man. Like I'm really looking forward to the next one. Yeah, me. Excuse me, me and you both, man. Um, you guys can find me at Scoots Bronson. On Twitter, Scoots Bronson underscore TV. On Instagram, Scoots Bronson TV. On YouTube, go check out 15 Minutes of Fame and Isolated Society. Um, that's all I got. Man. I think I'm gonna, I think I'm going to do something different with Isolated Society next Thursday. Um, I think I'm I think I'm going to go through Facebook on this uh, episode. I'm, I'm not sure yet. But I think I'm going to do a Facebook Live. 
That's what's up. That's what's up, man. Um, you know, go check out the Stolen Time podcast, man. It's on all major platforms. Um, check out the uh, the Stolen Time pod on Instagram. Also, S. Foster Eight on Instagram and Twitter. Um, the Stolen Time podcast on Facebook. And please go check out and send the invite, man, to the VA podcast watch group page on mm-hmm. Facebook, man. We're really trying to build it up. Uh, also, man, we probably, hopefully soon, man, we, we might try to uh, launch something on uh, Instagram, man, um, see, because it could be a whole nother different crowd there. So we could be yep. getting the um, Views Anonymous page soon coming to uh, Instagram. So be on the lookout for that as well. Yes, sir, man. Um, once again, man, thank you guys for listening. Thank you very much. We appreciate y'all. Um, make sure you subscribe if this is your first time listening. Um, and make sure you tell a friend and tell a friend, make sure you share the podcast. That being said, man, like they said, Hollywood, it's a wrap. Cut.